everyone. Welcome to the Flop House. Many. <laughs> what? I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. I'm sorry. This I got thrown off. Stuart was so delighted, by the way, I said that. Yeah, <laughs> he, he missed I'm surprised his cue. that we're doing a mini. I thought we were doing a real episode. And I'm Elliot Kalen, being professional for a moment to say that later on in the show, I'm going to tell you how to see our next episode of Flop TV, our online broadcast show. October 7th is our next episode. We're going to be talking about the American Meat double feature of Hot Dog the Movie and Hamburger the Motion Picture. Go to theflophouse.simpletix.com for tickets. And I'll also tell you later more about our live shows at Vidiots in Los Angeles, Thursday, October 19th, vidiotsfoundation.org for tickets or information. But I'll tell you about that later. First, Dan, what's going on? I think we have some special guests or maybe you wanted to wait to announce them. I don't know. You didn't tell us what you were doing on this mini. Mm-hmm. Uh, on this mini, we have two special guests. We have Jonathan Colton, who you may know from songs. <laughs> and also, what an intro! What a, that's why Dan won, an intro. Dan won an Bruce. entry last year for best intros. And now you see what you see what what wild the judges. It's very kind of you to say, Dan. Thank you very much. <laughs> and we also have Paul Saborin, who you may also know from songs, from other songs, <laughs> other songs, and occasionally Jonathan songs. <laughs> yep, and uh, and you know from uh, I don't know Justin McElroy yelling at him to get him some. What does he drink? Corvazier? What does he have? <laughs> he, well, for a long time, he drank white wine, which uh, okay. was white claw and wine mixed together. <laughs> that mm, sounds awful. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting all the behind-the-scenes secrets. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, and they're on uh, in part because uh, they do a cruise— <laughs> the, the the Joko cruise, as I mentioned before. Well, I like I like Dan. You mentioned they do a cruise as if we have mentioned cruises already, which we have not. Yet. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, Elliot. I was distracted by the ghost arm that appeared behind you. Yeah, that was, that, was the, that was the arm second. of the that was the arm of my ghostly <laughs> wife appearing in the room to get something <laughs> and puncturing through my background. Uh, Don't forget, you have to pick up the kids at three. Well, well, I do have to pick up one of my kids at three. Get out of my life. Get out of my life. Stop watching me. Well, uh, we should ask you a bit about what this cruise is, but but, uh, because of this cruise, we are talking about cruise movies, um, movies set on— Like cruising. Boats uh, and movies with Tom Cruise. Yeah. Uh, well, that was uh, that was going to be the final joke of the show, <laughs> but we can we can put it up here. Yeah. The, the so we're going to talk about uh, movies set on boats, uh, but specifically cruise ships, not just mm-hmm. like you not know, not like I Dead Calm. Yeah, or uh, White Squall or, uh, or White right. Claw, which is White Squall mixed with white wine, <laughs> or, or Dead Squall. <laughs> Any combination dead of those squall. six words, or Calm Squall, calm which is squall. not much of a yeah. squall. Yeah, no, or Squall just... Squall, which is the sequel to one of them, but I'm not sure which. Yeah, or Squally, which is about a robot who has a boat. I guess. <laughs> um, let's you know, let's start. Let's jump right into it. Actually, let's do it that way. Um. So, do we want to say anything more about the about the the Joko Cruise? Well, I was gonna go through a couple of the move. You know, Ellie. Can I mention you know. a couple of my songs? Can I just sure. some of my songs? <laughs> I mean, you know, there's nothing more helpful than second guessing, Elliot. I want to I want to tell you that right up front. But I feel I was like gonna, a fir- there hasn't even been a first guess. I was yet. I was saying, why don't we do it this way? Uh, oh, okay. I thought maybe we'd In go through a couple of movies and then be like, now how does this compare? To the cruise, what happens on, on your cruise? But, uh, sounds great. I'd, I'd also great. like to say, since we're at a stopping point, as a longtime fan of the show, to literally have a front row seat to the derailing of Dan <laughs> is kind of exhilarating. I mean, the thing is, After I did heard it in my in my car so often, or just through my ho- my earbuds to to have it like here in my presence. Yeah, 4D. I did 
It's in sense around, yeah, 4DX. <laughs> the funny thing is it sounds like there's no preparation at all. I did spend most of the morning like taking notes for this specific mini. Uh, but, what, how, um, you can't do more preparation than that than to take yeah. notes in the morning before the recording. <laughs> <laughs> so continue, Dan. Get us back uh, on track. I'm just pointing out it, it is, doesn't have to be this way. There is another way. <laughs> um, just like Sparks said on their newest album, doesn't have to be this way. Yeah. So let's talk about, oddly, the most uh, Oscar-nominated film we will talk about, <laughs> and that is The Poseidon Adventure, uh, 1972, mm. which I was uh, shocked to learn was nominated for a total of eight Academy Awards, yeah. winning wow. for Best Song and Best Visual Effects. Um, now, this Can you hum on a couple of bars of that song for us, Dan? The Poseidon Adventure, <laughs> exciting and new. I don't even know how the- I believe the song was There's Got to Be a Morning After. Yeah, there's Got to Be a Morning After, yeah. <laughs> oh. Now Dan right. is known for songs, I think. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, we've got, we've got Dan three from, songsters on the show today. Yeah. You, know. you, you may know yeah. Dan from Song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Welcome aboard, Dan. As the I will say, Thank you, you. got- you guys did get a you did get a fuller intro than when Joe Bob Briggs was on the show and Dan goes, I'll let our guest introduce himself. And I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> um you know what? That song is factually true though. There does have to be a morning after. So it mm -hmm. wins on the merits of the case. That was At the least category um, was outstandingly <laughs> factual song. Right. Songs that cannot possibly be false. Truest <laughs> song. Um He was up against I'm Blue, which I ended up being disqualified because turned out the singer was not blue. He was taking right. on the character of a blue guy, lives in a blue house, has a blue he, car. He was uh -huh. Dabu D, but he was not Dabu Dai, <laughs> and that disqualified him. It was a huge scandal. It's really yeah. <laughs> So uh, this film, uh, just a short summer. It's a disaster film. It's about a boat that overturns on New Year's Eve uh, due to a tsunami. Oh, uh, a ship, sure. And then they have to make their way to the top of the boat, which is what was formerly the bottom of the boat. Um, and this is based on a novel. It was directed by a Ronald Neem. It was sort of a Freaky Friday situation where the top of the boat and the bottom. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they, 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 they wished on yeah. a magic skull to they take They yeah. in a fountain yeah. at the same time. Uh, Ronald Neem was the director. He also did, directed the films Hopscotch, Scrooge, and The Prime of Miss Jean Brody, and uh, was a writer yeah. of David Lean's early Films, Great Expectations was one of them. The famous team. <laughs> <laughs> you know them from songs. Uh, I had never looked into what the sequel was. There's a sequel beyond the Poseidon Adventure about a salvage team going oh. to the original ship and getting trapped. And that has Michael Caine in it. It's supposed to be awful. Uh, there was a Wolfgang Peterson, Kurt Russell remake. You may know that yeah, one, Yeah, just called Poseidon. Yeah. I was going to say, a, do you think head. the sequel should have been just called Poseidon Adventures? Mm -hmm. Or do you <laughs> think Beyond is enough? Because I'm not a big fan of Beyond, because, like, that's just setting expectations too high. Yeah, you well, think you're going to go to space. Yeah. It both sounds, like, very, like— Or it's going to be vegan. You know, uh, exciting <laughs> and extreme, like, Beyond. But it also is the most vague thing you can say. It's like, yeah, you yeah. know, just, like, all beyond that is another thing. Well, I would like, have, like, you don't want to— eat you don't want to say Poseidon Adventure again. That doesn't really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, oh, what about Poseidon's Adventure? Where they're like more two ships. Ooh, Poseidon. Two, there's two Poseidons. Two gods yeah. of the ocean. I would have Look loved who's it. upside down now. <laughs> <laughs> if the uh, if the sequel had started by like the 
the group of people finally reach the bottom slash top of the boat, and then another rogue wave <laughs> comes and reflips the boat or tips it sort of Here on end. So now they're going to get to the nose, go the back to, the top. To, the, to the bow, as they say. <laughs> Uh, have you guys seen this movie? I saw this movie. I I remember enjoying it basically. It is, you know, over long, like a lot of those 70s disaster films. And star-packed, star-studded. Yeah, it, it was one of those. Was, that was an Irwin Allen It has movie, right? five Oscar winners in the cast. Oh. Gene Hackman, Ernest Borgnine, Jack Albertson, Shelley Winters, and Red Buttons. All Red your Buttons. Fi- Red what Buttons. Red Buttons win an Academy Award for Sayonara? I don't know. That was beyond <laughs> my— Look it up. I think it was for Sayonara, but I'm going to double-check. His role uh, was originally supposed to be Gene Wilder, but Gene Wilder dropped out. It, it, it was supposed, the character was named Gene Wilder? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Red was playing Gene yeah, Wilder was in Poseidon, the Gene Wilder did, I, did we talk about this on, on the podcast yet? That I, I read a while back that Gene Wilder was supposed to star in the movie Magic that Anthony Hopkins ended up starring in. Imagine wow. how about the crazy ventriloquist. Imagine how much so better good. that movie would have been. Oh, it would have been amazing. That would have been yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. There's that scene where where Anthony Hopkins is like using his ventriloquy, his magic tricks to like seduce a woman and make her fall in love with him. And I was like, this doesn't quite work. But Gene Wilder would have been able to pull it off amazingly yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, yes, that or was maybe, right. It was it was Sayonara that Red Buttons or, won his or Academy maybe Award if, for uh, actor. Perhaps if uh, if uh, Anthony Hopkins was still playing the same role, but. Gene Wilder was playing the role of the ventriloquist dummy. <laughs> yeah, oh, I sure. would watch But they that. play it yeah. totally straight. Like nobody nobody breaks the kayfabe that it's- Like on Gene- a Darman Greg when Teller would play a cat and there's only one <laughs> character that noticed it was a man in a cat costume. <laughs> oh, Darman Greg. Um, <laughs> that wacky pair. Did they, they ever so get it mismatched. together? It was almost comical how mismatched I think they were. I've never actually seen magic, but I- I think Alan Moore oh, talks about it. it on the, but Alan Moore talks about it in his Maestro course as an example of the of like the translation from uh, fiction to like written fiction to film didn't quite work because like the initial reveal doesn't make like isn't the shock that that it was when you're like when you're reading about it because. You can see that it's a dummy, basically. <laughs> that makes sense. I haven't gotten to that lesson yet. Stuart and I were gonna we were gonna take the Alan Moore Maestro course together, and uh, Stuart raced ahead of me, and I have I'm still stuck in like the first third. Now he's more of a maestro than you. I have yes. more. I have no children time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the difference yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty sweet. Uh, yeah. Recommitting to uh, to Dan's original bit, I will say that the Joko Cruise spends far less time. Upside down mm-hmm. than the Poseidon Adventure does. Okay, okay. that's one difference. I, I don't want to overpromise that yeah. it spends absolutely but no time like upside we, down. It, it's been it has been upside down zero times to date. But well, upside, we do we do a quick roll, but we roll well, all yeah, the way. Yeah, over. we do Eskimo rolls. I mean, every cruise yeah, yeah, yeah. does an Eskimo roll. For, for the, right for the most part, for the most part, it is the individual cruise goers' decision to be upside down or not, and they can do yeah. that it, on their it's own. An op, yeah. It's an opt. It's an opt. Yeah. yeah. As long as long as we're recommitting to things that I said, uh, have any of you seen the Poseidon Adventure? <laughs> well, that's I haven't a good seen it since I was a kid. I used to okay. play a lot on like TNT when I was a kid. And I think I saw it in pieces, but I don't think I've ever actually sat down and watched it from beginning to end. I'm the same as Elliot. Yeah, I have a similar relation. I, I vaguely remember seeing it. And uh, uh, Gene Hackman plays a priest. Yes. Is he, is he, is he a, a, a very priest muscular lost, priest? He's, he's like, a, he's a like kind of, of a disillusioned priest. Yeah. yeah. He's, a, he's, a no, he's a no bullshit priest. He's a cool Gene Hackman priest. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I remember there's one, there's one scene where he's, he's trying to say, he has to do something to save everybody. He jumps onto a... Steam he pipe. Yeah, he's off got a platform. A, he's got to turn off a steam pipe. And yeah. he hangs from the 
uh, the wheel and he's turning it and it's burning his hands. Oh, wow. Then, yeah. American Gladiators. Yes, just like that. <laughs> yeah. He's, and then he's, he finally has to, he's, he's closed the steam valve and then he can't get back. And so he just lets go and falls into the water and dies. And I remember watching that as a kid. I was like, why didn't he even try to get back to the platform? <laughs> <laughs> that was dumb. Did he at least get like give a up? sick like can opener or something? He figured. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, he yelled belly flaw. <laughs> yeah, he said, "Mommy, watch me! Mommy, mommy, watch me!" <laughs> As mommy with Shelley Winters, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> As a priest, he figured, you know, like, oh, greater love hath no man. So if I die right now, I am guaranteed to get where I want to go. <laughs> actually, in some ways, it's a little selfish. It's kind of a I, selfish move. It yeah. is. I actually, I've uh, I've watched the movie probably the most recently. Uh, I, a couple of years back, I. Came across it on TNT as I do with all things. Uh, they took and, a break from airing Shawshank Redemption to start yeah. showing Side <laughs> They were contractually obligated to spend two hours not showing <laughs> Shawshank. <laughs> um, but in that last scene, he is spending that time uh, shutting off the valve, basically screaming at God, like really pissed at God. Oh, no more, right, stop yeah. it. Because they were like almost at the top, and then the Steve valve went off and it oh, killed man. one last person. I can't remember who. Oh. Uh, and so. Maybe he's not going. So straight. he died faithless. Yeah, and he actually like the the water he falls into is like it's it's got it's it got an oil fire across the top of <laughs> it. So it's fire water, yeah. It's fire water, which is you know not not the subtlest of symbolism. <laughs> if you did a wow. huge splash, though, we'd probably put the, those flames out. So that's, that's why true. It's not, yeah. not really how oil on water works necessarily, but it could be. Yeah, I'm not a biologist. <laughs> <laughs> are you, are you I like the idea that. Gene Hackman dies saving other people, but also faithless. And so it goes to heaven's court to figure it out. And you're like, mm, this is a tough one. This is this complicated. Is a tough yeah. That what should we, have been beyond the Poseidon adventure. There it yeah, is. Yeah, it's, it's him and Albert Brooks defending their lives in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's move on to an equally uh, uh, lauded film, Boat Trip, from 2002. And how many Oscars? How many Oscars was Boat Trip nominated for and how many did it win? Uh, it was nominated for a Razzie but lost to Geely. Um, and of course, so, we all know the Razzies are are nonsense. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I Even more I, nonsense than the Oscars, which is That was something possible. that I pointedly <laughs> didn't put in my notes, but, you know, Paul set me up for it well enough that I'm like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it stars Cuba Gooding Jr., Horatio Sands, Vivica A. Fox, Lynn Shea, Roger Moore. What yeah. a cast. Uh, directed so and co-written. That's, many, that's at least one Oscar winner. How many Oscar winners mm. are in that one? Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah, I don't. I guess Roger Moore Sands won an Oscar for gold, right? <laughs> for best, yeah. for best for opening best title. He was nominated for folks, and then he won for gold. <laughs> <laughs> it was a big mix-up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also, wow, I'm looking at the cast list now. Also in it, Thomas Lennon, Richard Roundtree, Will Ferrell. Uh, yeah. But lots of stars in smaller roles. Yeah. Who's well, who of comedy. It was that that that, that well-known comedy duo of Will Ferrell and Richard Roundtree. <laughs> it was directed and co-written by Mort Nathan, who in the plus column wrote a bunch of Golden Girls and uh, the film Kingpin, and the minus was creator of the Secret Diary of Desmond Pfeiffer. Oh, so, Desmond Pfeiffer, Dan. It's pronounced yeah. Pfeiffer. Uh, is it pronounced Pfeiffer? What what a what a what a, an interestingly misbegotten show that was. Are you guys familiar with that show? <laughs> is, is that the one where uh, was it Chi McBride or someone is the president's? Yes, he's Abraham aide. Lincoln's butler during butler, the Civil War, yeah. and the idea is that this is the true story of it. That Abraham Lincoln, everyone in the White House, they're all bumbling idiots, <laughs> and it was basically Benson, and like the the black butler is the only character who's keeping things afloat, but also. There were all, so many like Abraham Lincoln gay jokes and things mm. like that. And it was 
Oh, it was not a- uh, Perchance, was this a sitcom in the early to mid-90s? It certainly was. Was it on UPN? <laughs> I believe so. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. So similarly tasteful uh, concept here. Uh, it's two straight men on the make looking for ladies uh, are booked on a gay cruise because uh, their gay travel agent was mad at them. Uh, so this was filmed in 2001, but released in 2003. It has an 18 out of 100 on Metacritic. And the IMDb trivia says, Sir Roger Moore did this movie for the money. And for a free vacation. <laughs> he didn't do it for the love of the game. <laughs> so have any of you seen Boat Trip 2002? Because I have not seen Boat Trip. I have not seen it. I feel like I got the gist from the from the preview that I watched this morning in preparation for this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I will yeah. also say when I when I looked it up on uh on I don't know what it was on, what it was available on, but it it had a little tag. Criterion Channel, probably, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I don't know. I, yeah, probably Criterion, films. Yeah. I had a little tag that said LGBTQ. So it's oh, uh, God. really? Yeah. Well, you so you're assume, welcome. You have to assume there's some face-saving moment at the end where the characters learn something about, I don't know, about gay people, or maybe not. I don't that know. That is what but, Wikipedia told me. That the, yes, they they turn they turn around their learned. opinions. But I remember that even at the time, even at the different era of 2002 this was widely decried it's like what is this hom this like homophobic nonsense what is this thing i cannot right. believe it that we've been let down by cuba gooding jr's famous ability to choose quality <laughs> films <laughs> this it's, what's amazing to me is this came out five years before i now pronounce you chuck and larry which which is like i don't the the idea that uh the idea that five years later they were still making movies kind of like this, you know, in a way. <laughs> yeah, they've probably been in the draw on the drawing board for a long time. You don't want to let go of an idea, even if it becomes an increasingly bad idea over yeah, time. Yeah, that's a good. That's point. how I work, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say I did not see this movie. Yeah, you're gonna go ahead and say that. I'm gonna go ahead and admit that. <laughs> I feel like at the risk of my reputation, I didn't go to the theater. I didn't rush to the theaters to and throw them a bag full of money and say, "I don't care how much it costs. Get me on the boat trip." Pit, trip. <laughs> I feel like Dan, you're you watch bad movies as just part of your life style. <laughs> yeah, sure. Of all of us, you're the one most likely to have watched. I was this born one. in you the dark. Not. You merely adopted. That's <laughs> what you're saying. <laughs> No, I mean that's that's true, but like there's certain like bad comedies, obviously just painful, not fun most of the time, yeah, and yeah, like yeah. stuff that I find morally repugnant in some way. I <laughs> there's bad, and then there's avoid. misbegotten. Yeah, uh, but I haven't not seen it yet. I think yeah. what happened is Dan checked to make sure there weren't any sexual situations. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that there are plenty of sexual situations in that. Isn't that wait? Well, isn't that the the tag that you look for on your cinematic That's the one. Movies? Well, that's in the in the TV guide for for anyone yeah. who was not a, a perverted teenager in the 1990s. Uh, when you looked at <laughs> the TV guide to see what late night movies were worth watching, if it said nudity, no, that's not going to be great. Yeah. That's not going to turn right. out good. That's, if a, it said that's sexual, a butt. That's one butt exactly. It, yeah. it might it, and it might be who knows? It might be an animal's butt. You don't know. And <laughs> yeah. uh, but if it said sexual situations, oh boy, that's where the real nudity yeah. now, lies. Now I disagree on this one because I, you know, like I. You can't swear, disagree with science, Dan. You can I swear it's flat all day long. <laughs> there are a lot, controversy, Dan. I'm with you. There are a lot of movies that have quote unquote sexual situations 
that didn't have any nudity, which is what I was looking for. So what you want is you want to stack them. You want nudity and what, sexual uh, What you really want, especially on that HBO listing, is strong sexual content. Yes, that yeah, was, that, that's, that's what you would want. Yeah, That's the, I mean, that's the, the caviar. Of, <laughs> that's the, the caviar of, of teenage boys looking for some, looking for nudity in their homes, yeah. Mm. I, I feel like such an old man saying this, but really, wow, what a lost experience. <laughs> Uh, okay, the lady. Eve. In my day, I had to stay up till two a.m. and and make sure my parents were <laughs> didn't hear me to see pornography. Now it's on your phones. I had to suffer through some arty <laughs> art house bullshit. It <laughs> was boring. Back in the day, we used to go to the vaudeville and sit through sixty-four acts before we got to the strong sexual content <laughs> olio. I still we think- had to find our magazines in the woods <laughs> <laughs> or a rail yard <laughs> or a rail yard. <laughs> Um, uh, let's let's move on to one that uh, perhaps is better loved. So, well, I'll just mention. So, boat trip is it similar to the Joko Cruise? Is there a lot of homophobia <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and stuff like that? Or? <laughs> There's uh, there's very little uh, we like to think implied or explicit homophobia or or uh, ill conceived concepts. It's a more uh, welcoming place. That- the one overlap is that the Joko Cruise is essentially like one long Three's Company episode. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it, it is a trip on a boat, and to that extent, it is very much like boat trip. Right, okay. exactly. Okay. And what's the over-under on A lot of misunderstandings. <laughs> what about Roger Moore? Is he going to show up on the Joko Cruise? <laughs> Not yet. I'd love has to get him. I'd love to yeah, get him. He's a, he's a tough boy. Has he passed? I believe he has. Sir Roger he has, Moore has, has passed. passed. He is no oh, longer among the living. Yeah. yeah, that's why yeah. he's so hard to get. I, I mean, in some ways, it would make it easier for him to get. He doesn't need to <laughs> want to be there. He's not, he's not going anywhere. Yeah. yeah. You know where to find other, him. He doesn't have anything else booked. <laughs> he finally And I'll tell you where to enough. find him. Monaco Cemetery. <laughs> okay. That's where he's buried. Alongside Anthony Burgess, Josephine Baker. Go visit them all. And Roger Moore. Wow. What a great neighborhood. Okay, the lady. <laughs> some, Eve. some would say, "Isn't Josephine Baker in the Pantheon?" No, 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 no. They they have she has been celebrated in the Pantheon in 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 Paris, but her body is still in Monaco. <laughs> Thank God you corrected that because I was <laughs> fuming. The Lady Eve, 1941, of course, written and directed by the great Preston Sturges and starring Barbara Stanwyck and Henry Fonda. It's about a con artist who meets her uh, next mark on an ocean liner and begins to fall for him. I did not know it was loosely based on a 19-page short story by Monckton Hoff called Two Bad Hats. Very <laughs> loosely the, based. Very Originally going to be the title. <laughs> that is the best. You can't make up a name like Monckton Hoff with an E at the end. Yeah. Monckton Hoff. Uh, Please, call w- me Monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Monckton Hoff is my father. <laughs> <laughs> um... Uh, the plot was recycled in uh, 1956 for the film The Birds and the Bees starring George Gobel, Mitzi Gaynor, and David Niven. Have you seen that movie, Elliot? That's, you seem like you might know this no, sort I of thing. No, I haven't seen no? that one, no. What's it called again? The Birds com- and the Bees? The Birds and the Bees. You haven't have completed the, the, the Gobel cycle? <laughs> no, I haven't. I mean, if you have any questions about either of David Niven's memoirs, I've read both of those. Oh, they're, they're the best. <laughs> the first one, The Moon's a Balloon, is a great book. It's really it good. The second yeah. one is is so so, but uh, but I highly recommend David Niven's first memoir. It's really good. Mm, the moon, especially if you want to hear somebody talking a whole lot of dirty laundry about uh, Errol, Errol Flynn. <laughs> yes, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I do want that. Um, the one piece of trivia that I I, I singled out <laughs> was it was hibernation season during the shoot, so Emma the king snake was always sleeping. 
So that, is that, that a caused, euphemism? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what Henry Fonda called his <laughs> penis. <laughs> Emma yeah. the King Snake. <laughs> Never work with snakes or children. That's what they say. Yeah. <laughs> or Henry Fonda's penis. <laughs> or Henry Fonda's penis. Um, Henry Fonda's penis was originally cast in Gideon's Trumpet, but it wasn't working out. So Henry Fonda was like, "I'll take the role." <laughs> that's, that's that's fine. But they I'll got the it. title like that was his his second nickname. That was the penis's his... name for himself. Was yes. yeah, for, it was, it was Gideon's Trumpet. <laughs> Now, Elliot, I know you have uh, strong Preston Sturgis opinions. This t- this is one of my one or two faves. I recently read a whole book about him. Yeah, this is like definitely top three, probably top two for me. What do you think? I Lady have to Eve, say, this is at? just my opinion. The Lady Eve, I like it, but it's never been one of my favorites. Mm. Of his. Uh, Ooh, I've, hot I've, take. You know, one of his movies is my third favorite movie of all time, The Miracle of Morgan's Creek, uh, and I love that one. I love the Palm Beach story. Uh, I love. Um, did he? Uh, did he? Did he direct uh, Torque? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then he he went on. He, just like Roger Moore, they dug him up and they brought him in. And he was in the room when they were when they were making Torque. And but so funny. It was a, it was a kind of a it was a kind of a film shoot at Bernie's situation. Uh, <laughs> funny enough, you mentioned Torque because uh, actually the Joko Cruise is basically Torque at sea. That's how we've been marketing it. <laughs> wow. There's a lot more motorcycles than mm-hmm. you would expect for a cruise ship. Yeah, usually yeah, you yeah, have no ship. motorcycles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but the Lady uh, Eve is very good. For some reason, it just never quite makes me laugh as much as uh, some of the other ones. Yeah, I mean, it's, I would agree with that. It's not necessarily like one of the funniest, but like it is very funny and combined with, I think, one of the, being one of the best constructed, like best, like, I don't know. It's, it's a sweet it's love story. It's charming. Yeah. It is very charcharming. And there's a, uh, I mean, like everyone in it is, it's, it's, a, it's a great movie to spend time with, you know. Any movie where you get Eugene Pallet in it, I'll watch it, you know. Um, and he's in it, William Demarest. And you got a lot of people from the from the Sturgis stable who are really good at it. <laughs> and of course, Sturgis stable plus Stanwick, how can you go wrong? Now, I say this without any insult intended. I'm assuming Stuart has not seen The Lady Eve. Yeah, I don't watch that Whoa. kind of shit. Paul, <laughs> Paul, Paul, have you, uh, sorry, not Paul. Uh, Jonathan, have you see, seen it? I have not seen it. This is one of those black and white type films, right? Mm-hmm. No thanks. Yeah, before oh, wow. color. Wow. No oh, thanks. Old fashioned. <laughs> what color is everything even? I can't even tell. Yeah, there's no possible way of imagining. It's very hard. Uh, this is Lori Kilmartin. And I'm Jackie Cation. And we have a podcast called The Jackie and Lori Show on Max Fun. And it's very exciting because what do we talk about? Comedy. Stand up comedy. We both do stand up comedy and have since the dawn of well, Christ. Jackie. Is that offensive? It is offensive to me because you've aged me. <laughs> uh, we started in the late 80s and we're still here. You can't kill us. So go to The Jackie and Lori Show on Max Fun and listen to that. Jackie and Lori Show. New episodes Monday, only on MaximumFun.org. Greatest Trek is the podcast for all your modern Star Trek needs. It's funny, informative, and now it's also timely. That's because every Friday, right after the release of a new episode of Strange New Worlds, Picard, Lower Decks, Discovery, or Prodigy, we bring you a review of that episode. There's some great new Star Trek coming up, and we're going to cover all of it. You'll like our show because we're both former video producers, so we bring a lot of insight. 
into the production and filmmaking aspects to these episodes. And we also have a very refined sense of humor, so we make lots of delightful fart jokes along the way. So come see why Greatest Trek is one of the most popular television recap podcasts on all of the internet. Subscribe to Greatest Trek at MaximumFun.org or in the podcast app you're using right now. The Flophouse is sponsored in part by Babbel. Hey, what do you call a person who speaks three languages? Trilingual. Someone who speaks two? Bilingual. Someone who speaks only one? American. (laughs) (laughs) Only 22% of Americans speak a language other than English at home. Start being... Start learning a new language, or being, (laughs) if you want to. Start learning a new language this fall and be the exception, not the rule. With Babbel, you start speaking a new language in just three weeks. Uh, Instead of paying hundreds of dollars for a private tutor or fooling yourself with language apps that are little little more than games, I'm not going to name any names. I've had bad experiences with, with these ones. Babbles. Dan, you can't you can't learn a language from Fruit Ninja. I'm sorry. I know, <sighs> but I did learn what a lot of different fruits look like, especially when you slice them apart. <laughs> Babbles' quick 10 minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. And one study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. So, uh, look, do you have time for a full semester at college? I certainly don't. Not at this time in my life. Mm -hmm. I got bills to pay. (laughs) I got cats to feed. (laughs) I can't be learning French at some hoity-toity ivory tower university. I got to get myself this babble. Here's a special limited time deals for for our listeners Incidentally, it's not the ivory tower university, Mm. but it is is named after the most famous tower in history. (laughs) Yeah. Um, For our listeners, to get you started right now, you can get 55% off your babble subscription but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash flop. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash flop, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash flop. Rules and restrictions may apply. Also, sponsored in part by The Big Flop. Huh. It's another mm-hmm. thing that has flop in the title. Huh. Every big moment starts with a big dream, but what happens when that big dream turns out to be an even bigger failure? Each week on Wondery's new podcast, The Big Flop, host Misha Brown is joined by comedians to chronicle some of the biggest failures in pop culture history, from box office flops like Cats the Movie to Action Park, New Jersey's famous theme park that had countless injuries, many lawsuits, and rides so wild it became known as Class Action Park. I went there. Each episode will have you thinking to yourself... Why in the world did this get made? Seems similar to... Anyway, listen to The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. And we also have some Jumbotrons. We got a couple of them, and here's how the first one goes. This message is for Dale. The message is from Nora. Happy almost big birthday to my best friend and soulmate. Thank you for introducing me to the peaches, even though I usually fall asleep during movies. I love having so many things to laugh about with you. Doing bits featuring Crawdaddy or the Tantan Lady gives us the added bonus of annoying the children. Here's to many more fun birthdays. How sweet. We've got another Jumbotron. This message is for Kelly, and it is from Colin. So it's not from Justin to Kelly. It's actually from Kelly to Colin. And it goes like this. 
Happy birthday to my amazing wife, who is such a fan of the podcast and can find solace and laughter in it always, no matter what life throws at us. Also, thank you for your patience when I acted confused while asking you to explain why a pin saying ding-dong-gate showed up in the mail. It's for a good <laughs> cause. It was not the response I was expecting. It was for a good cause, though. Thank you for getting that pin. We also, in addition to those Jumbotrons, those are two sweet Jumbotron messages. We have some of our own messages that I'm going to tell you about. Remember how I teased this at the top of the show? Well, guess what? Flop TV, our monthly one-hour television version of the Flophouse, continues apace. We've had two great episodes, Beastmaster 2 and Cool World, and our next episode comes up on October 7th. And as I mentioned, it's an all-American meat double feature, Hot Dog the Movie and Hamburger the Motion Picture. That's at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on October 7th. But guess what? If you can't make it, your ticket gets you access to the episode recording. And those episode recordings are going to stay up through the entire length of the series. And if you get a season pass, which gives you a discounted rate for all the episodes, all six episodes in the season, you get to watch those recordings again and again until the whole series is over. That's at theflophouse.simpletix.com. That's theflophouse.simpletix.com. Let me just tell you, this weekend I watched both of these movies, and we are going to have some things to talk about because – and here, here's a little preview – I now consider Hamburger the Motion Picture a crime. Moving on. <laughs> You'll hear more about that on October 7th at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, theflophouse.simpletext.com. Yeah. Did I do a presentation for this episode that I'm worried about how many slides I put in this thing? <laughs> Indeed I did. So okay. see how that turns out. Let's see if Dan suffers from TMS, too many slides. We've also got some in-person shows coming up. That's right. You can watch us online from the comfort of your home, broadcasted over your computer internet, or you can come see us in person if you live in the Los Angeles area. That's Thursday, October 19th at Vidiots. Vidiots is a great independent video store slash movie theater. It's a really comfortable space. It's really fun, and we're going to be there live Thursday, October 19th at 6 p.m. talking about Speed 2 Cruise Control, and at 8.45 p.m. talking about Three Men and a Baby with a special mystery guest. I'll give you some hints. She's a champion union contract negotiator. She's mm -hmm. the star of the show. And your third mm -hmm. hint, she's Hallie Hagland. That's right. Hallie's oh. going to join us in person. These guys didn't know. The surprise for Dan and Stuart. Oh. Hallie is going to join us for our Three Men and the Baby show at 845. But we're also going to have fun at 6 p.m. talking about speed to cruise control. So go to vidiotsfoundation.org. And that's V-I-D-I-O-T-S foundation.org. And go to the October 19th uh, page on the calendar to get tickets for either or both those shows. They're going to be two all-original shows, different presentations, different movies we're talking about, different questions. It's going to be amazing. Now, I just round want to round this out with some good news, but also with a call for your help still. As we're recording this episode, it appears that a deal has been reached between Dan and Mai's union, the Writers Guild of America, and the studio bosses over the AMPTP. This is wonderful. It appears that the long-lasting Writers Guild strike may finally be ending. We won't know uh, until later this week for sure, but that doesn't mean we still don't need help and that many other writers and entertainment workers will still need help. It's going to take time for work to start up again. It's going to take time for projects to continue. And the actors time. are still on strike. sag after is still on strike, and we support them entirely in their demands, in their uh, striking efforts, and in their labor action. We want them to get the agreement they deserve. So if you can help us, help the entertainment communities survive again during this time, 
please continue thinking about making a donation to entertainmentcommunity.org. We've talked about it before. Just because our strike is over doesn't mean people don't need help. There's another strike going on, and there's a whole entertainment community that has been suffering because of these studio bosses holding their money like, I don't know, what's, some, what's something that holds on to something else really tightly? A uh, money clip. Yeah, uh, holding what? on to their money like a money clip. Perfect. <laughs> no notes. 100%. So please consider making a donation at entertainmentcommunity.org. Thank you very much for your support during this time. Okay, moving yeah. on <laughs> to another famous cruise movie. Of course, when you say cruise, everyone thinks of it. It's Hotel Transylvania 3, Summer mm-hmm. Vacation from 2018. The monsters all go on vacation on a cruise from the hotel where presumably most of the guests are already on vacation. I, <laughs> I mean, it, is, seen, it is, yeah, it is a hotel. It's not a, it's not a residential hotel, you know, or you know, they, place for single monsters who are looking for husbands or anything. Do they like own and operate the Hotel Transylvania? Is that the so? I have seen yes. the first Hotel Transylvania um, because uh, our pal, and you've seen Transylvania Six Five Thousand, of course, <laughs> of course, oh, of our course. pal Griffin Newman over at Blank Check. What about uh, Saturday the Fourteenth? Let's stay on one topic. Richard Benjamin joint. Uh, I'm not going down this road because I'm in the middle of the sentence. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Our friend at the Blank Check podcast, uh, Griffin Newman, who is a big uh, animation fan, speaks highly of the Hotel Transylvania series because in CGI, it does a lot more like cartoon uh, goofiness than other – because it's Guinea Tarkovsky – is the director. Yeah, from uh, Dexter's Lab and Samurai Jack. and Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yes, I've seen it, and the the original premise is uh, Adam Sandler, Dracula, the Sandman, uh, owns this hotel. <laughs> right, he has a daughter who Andy Samberg, uh, a normal the human, romances. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, and they, it's ironic because he becomes Adam Sandler's son-in-law when he already played Adam Sandler's son in That's My Boy, yeah. right? Yeah, right. That's my boy, yeah. Typecasting. Typecasting. Uh, uh, two Jewish guys. They have to be father and son. <laughs> <laughs> They're the only two Jewish guys in Hollywood, so they have to work together a lot. Certainly in it's comedy. The yeah. only two. Yeah. Uh, Ellie, you <laughs> sound comedy. like you've maybe seen this because of having children. Is this true That's or not? That's exactly why I've seen it. I haven't seen, yeah. Actually, I haven't seen the third one. I've seen the yeah. first and the second, and my kids have shown no interest in the third one, which is surprising because they like the first one and the second one a lot. Very strange. Perhaps it's cruise ships. Maybe they don't like cruise ships. And I tell them cruise ships are great. You should go on a cruise. It'll be really fun. Maybe early next year, a cruise ship full of comedians, full of music. It'll be great. It'll be wonderful. And they say, eh, no thanks. But they're kids. They don't know what they're because talking they're about. Because they're a bunch funny. Yeah. They go, eh, no thanks, Doc. Walk away chewing on a carrot. They do um, They do walk around chewing on carrots a lot. That's That's very fair. And dressing Elliot. up like ladies and 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 uh, and arguing with a duck over who should be shot today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Elliot, are your kids mad because they're like on a cruise? Like where what where are the vampires gonna go? Like the sun, the sun. Is that their objection? Um, we've never gotten to the to the You've stage of actual objections, but it is something that I'm con- confused about. I've never seen it. I assume they have some kind of super sunblock that protects them or something like that. Does, the, does the sun figure into this this particular Drac- Dracula incarnation yeah. in, in the yeah. world of... Somebody I call can- Griffin Newman ask him to explain himself. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to find out. Yeah, this is our phone-a-friend. Griffin Newman, hey, is is the Dracula in Hotel Transylvania <laughs> hit her Two sun? hours later. <laughs> <laughs> or is he a daywalker-like blade? That could... Uh... Yeah, this episode suddenly becomes three and a half hours long. Yeah. I think I think I have seen maybe Dracula with an umbrella. 
<laughs> in in mm. in pictures. So that makes maybe sense. it's some sort of parasol situation. That's possible. I mean, the first Hotel Transylvania movie, I think the sun. I think it all takes place during night anyway. Mm-hmm. So I think the sun does affect him, but I don't know. Certainly, the son-in-law affects him first with frustration, and then eventually with familial acceptance and love. Mm-hmm. That must have been real hard filming that animated movie when it was all night shoots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Very oh, tough. The, the animators well, were, it was all, all shot night day for night. Oh, yeah, oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, well, the thing is, the deadlines given to animation companies are so tight that they probably were working all night on it. So, yeah, uh, yeah it probably was very tough. Yeah. You sweet, stupid man. <laughs> how, how, is, how is Adam Sandler's Dracula? What's it, What's his yeah. Dracula like? He just it's, sounds it's like, like an unlikely cast. No, he just sounds like an old Jewish man. I mean, yeah. that's what he's, do, he's, he's doing kind of Dracula as, as Jewish grandpa. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, it's, it's Dracula so, by way of Uncle Leo from Seinfeld, you know. So with a little with more of the old country in it. Do you think do you think Adam Sandler signed up to do that movie because they're like, it's called a Hotel Transylvania? He's like, perfect. All my movies are an excuse to go on vacation with my friends. They're like, oh, nobody tells me. <laughs> it's like I'll go on a trip to Transylvania with Kevin James, David Spade, and Chris Rock. And they're like, um, well. Yeah, they, they, they took they took an eight-person trip to a recording studio in Maui. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Um, yeah, how many monsters are on the Joko cruise? <laughs> More than you would think. Uh, yeah. There is a, there is a good deal of cosplay. It's got the one of the ways the the one of the catchphrases I use to try and sell it is it's a comedy music festival stuffed together with a Comic Con dropped onto a cruise ship. So there is you know it's it's, it's yeah, a like- bunch of happy nerds on a boat having fun. And so as such, there is a lot of cosplay. Uh, people. I'm trying to think if there are any particular monsters. We have had a couple of couple of years running. We've had a, a zombie lurch, like from from the uh, upstairs buffet down to like a dance uh, a dance floor several decks down. So it's interesting mm. to see this. Some zombies taking the uh, elevator versus some lurching down the stairs. Yeah, it is fun. It is fun to watch the zombies lurch around. I will say. I will say this. I probably shouldn't mention cruises and COVID in the same sentence, but I'm going to because we had a cruise. Right on the on the eve of COVID, and this is back when everybody thought that it was just all about washing your hands, and that oh, was all yeah. you had to worry about. And so everybody was obsessively washing their hands on this cruise, and all the staff had was stationed basically at every doorway with a, a little pump bottle of hand sanitizer. And my favorite my favorite moment from that was watching the zombie lurch happen. And as they lurched <laughs> oh, into yeah. the dining room, they would all stop. Their zombies would all stop in front of the hand pump and get their hands in <laughs> and sanitize their hands and keep going. Because they're very compliant. Very compliant. Yeah. Yeah. Don't want infection. <laughs> it's like in uh, Dawn of the Dead. They seem to do what they did while they were alive. It brings them some <laughs> comfort. Uh, hey, speaking of Adam Sandler and Boats, our next film is also an Adam Sandler movie. His first, his mm-hmm. film debut. It's Going Overboard from 1989. Uh, also featuring Billy Bob Thornton and King of Boats, Billy Zane. Whoa, yeah. Yeah. Zane yeah. in the membrane. <laughs> <laughs> According to IMDb, a struggling young comedian takes a menial job on a cruise ship hoping for his big chance to make it in the world of cruise ship comedy. The director and co-writer Valerie, Valerie Bryman uh, didn't do much, but her next film was Bikini Squad. Sounds good. Um, and I just wanted to highlight that apparently, originally this was released regionally as The Unsinkable Shecky Moskowitz. Uh, uh, that was in 89. It remained in second-run theaters until 90 when it made its TV debut in June on Up All Night. Shout out Rhonda re- Sheer. Yeah. 
under the title <laughs> Babes Ahoy. <laughs> and then it was released oh, on video <laughs> on the U.S. Uh, in 95 as going overboard right after Billy Madison was released. So cashing in those uh, checks. <laughs> um, have any of you seen... I, going overboard. I have not seen the movie. I went and and perused the IMDb entry <laughs> and watched the trailer, and it is absolutely as atrocious as you would imagine this movie would be. I read, you know, in the the famously accurate uh, IMDb trivia section, yeah, that apparently this movie was three months from initial conception to completion, and they said it was wow. Writ- it was filmed in something like. Six days and then two days of reshoots. Guys, and we could just do that. Sometime. Yeah, we we'll could just do, just do that. that. And it, it, ev, we ev, can make our own bikini adventure or whatever it's called. I mean, to be honest, we could do that. I don't know that we should, but that is, it's you say it like it's like it's a like it's a crazy dream. But we definitely certainly could do that if we needed to. We could we could make a shitty movie in a very short amount of time. <laughs> yes, yes, it's it is possible. We could <laughs> walk down the middle of the street and challenge a Mack truck to a joust. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's not a great idea, but uh, the, I'm looking at this cast list now and also more more stars that this movie also features uh, Peter Berg, who would go on to make Friday Night Lights and <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and things and like Battleship. that. Battleship. Battleship, yeah. And uh, the, and also uh, uh, Stuart in a, in a, I assume, a small role, Adam Rifkin, creator of The Invisible Maniac. No, that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and is he going by Adam Rifkin or is he going by – what's his uh, – his, his, it's like – Oh man, he has like yeah, he has a nom de guerre for oh, a Riff Coogan. Yeah, Riff Coogan. <laughs> yeah, no, I, in, I'm with you just as Adam Rifkin, so I don't. Know. I knew it wasn't right, but I was like Dex McCool, <laughs> <laughs> which is not a million miles off. <laughs> um, yeah, going overboard. I haven't uh, seen it. So is Joko Cruz also the, Adam jo- Sandler's first? Joko Cruz. Well, let's let's just say everybody wants to break into cruise ship comedy. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. that's <laughs> like the pinnacle the pinnacle of being a comedian, a successful comedian is doing it on a cruise ship. They've said many times you become a headliner, then you go on Carson, then you get your 1-hour special, then you get to be on a cruise. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I will say that jo- the Joko Cruz Lasts longer than principal photography for the movie Going Overboard. Okay. <laughs> um, so, uh, moving on to Ghost Ship 2002. Ooh, great opening, man. Great opening where a bunch of people get sliced. Uh, that was like peak era where horror movies like to slice people in half and then you slowly watch them fall apart. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like nobody, yep. like nothing was more popular. Yeah, they that. broke the mold after that one. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. They picked it up and cut it in half. It's about uh, some people who find a ghost ship. It's directed by <laughs> okay. Steve, Steve Beck, who previously did 13 Ghosts and was a visual effects art director for ILM where he did work on The Hunt for Red October, Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade, and The Abyss. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was a, and he was also known from songs, right, Beck? <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's right. And Scientology. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, quit reminding me. Uh, it, it's got Gabriel Byrne and Juliana Margulies. Uh, here's here's a fascinating bit of trivia from from the web. Warner Brothers, in association with Hollywood.com, sponsored a sweepstakes <laughs> to promote the film. Uh, applicants can enter for the chance to win the grand prize dubbed the Ghost Ship Prize Package of promotional merchandise containing one Ghost Ship baseball hat, one spinning skull mug, one Ghost Ship shower CD player, and the Ghost Ship soundtrack. The runners-up 
would receive just the hat and mug. <laughs> so Gabriel Byrne just got a hat and mug. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Poor guy. Now here's my question. Poor guy. He's the star of Cool World, Dan. <laughs> That's true. Uh, I was gonna. I was gonna ask if anybody here had seen Ghost Ship, but maybe more more accurately, the question is. Does anybody here remember anything about Ghost Ship beyond that opening no. five minutes? No. Not really, no. Does anyone – really. does that, I'm, I question whether actually the remaining 85 minutes of that movie actually exist. Yeah. I mean, I, yes, I definitely watched all of it, and I can only remember that very memorable opening. It feels like played- once you've – once you've once you've launched that, once you've cut everybody in half, it feels like that's the punchline to the joke that is the movie. And then <laughs> yeah. I don't know what else, what else is there to talk about. Then they start seeing the ghosts, and then they say, "I wonder why there are ghosts." And then the, one of the ghosts is like, "We were all cut in half." <laughs> <laughs> and that's pretty think, much it. <laughs> I think we can all agree the opening should have been they get sliced in half, and right before they slip apart, one of the people is like. Pretty sticky situation, huh? You're probably wondering how I got here. Back in time. I will say this, guys. uh, I have seen – I remember more of the 1943 movie, The Ghost Ship, which was a Val Luton-produced movie, which also is not really much of a horror movie. And it's just more about like a a crew going mad on a ship and there's not really ghosts on it. But there's this this one character who can't talk. He's mute. And they have – he has these voiceovers that are dubbed over him where he's like – they say everything they wish, but I, I cannot speak, for I am mute. I cannot communicate. And it's just, and it's just over, this overwrought writing <laughs> going on awesome. and on about, about the curse that he suffers under. Uh, so, and, and during worse, those narrations, is he like throwing himself on all the nearby scenery and like, <laughs> about? And... No, he's just kind of looking at things and, oh, and then he gets uh, cut in half. Did I mention oh, that? Oh, then he gets cut in half? No. I think so someone is, does get crushed by a giant <laughs> chain in it. I don't think anyone, I don't remember if anyone gets cut in half or not. So I've got one uh, last uh, famous cruise ship oh, movie. Oh, very, very quickly before you do that. Oh. Uh, there, huh? n- nobody gets bisected by a wire or any other means on Joko Cruise. Okay. I'm you. glad you That's said that. Oh, I, was, I, I made a mental note before even starting this podcast that I was going to point that out. I'm glad I'm you very brought it up. If anyone does movie. get cut in half, it takes them so long to realize it that it stays or weeks later. They're not even on the ship anymore. Yeah, it's right. the, the slowest the time they fly apart off. a week later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of time to use staples, super glue, et cetera. Yeah. <laughs> that, there, was that, there was that one time when you had the uh, the samurai uh, sword expert and he accidentally cut someone's head off, but they didn't even realize mm-hmm. until they, later when they turned their head and it fell right off their body. And but, it, yeah, right. and at that point they're like, they've always wanted to see a cut like that for it to happen from their own head. It's how <laughs> ironic, you know, yeah, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. The best way to die was for their head to turn around in midair and see the cut as it fell to the ground and then, <laughs> and then consciousness so left cool. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's one last movie that I'm going to, you know, give us maybe a, a last thought discussion question to tie it up, but uh, we got here. I don't know. It's Alv- been a pretty focused conversation up till yeah. now. <laughs> Alvin and the Chipmunks, colon, Chipwrecked, mm. 2011. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great, you know, what you go to the series for great sub sequel subtitles. You got the squeakle and you got chipwrecked. Yeah, what more do you actually, need? Actually, yeah, I, I'm a little bit of a hater, but I gotta, you know, give credit where credit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, IMDb summarizes it, summarizes it thusly: playing around while aboard a cruise ship, the chipmunks and chipettes accidentally go overboard and end up marooned in a tropical paradise. 
And this is directed by Mike Mitchell, but not that Mike Mitchell. Not, no. Not Mike Mitchell from the Doughboys? Not that guy. <laughs> no, this is, the, this is the director of Deuce Bigelow, Mel Gigolo, and uh, The Lego Movie Part 2. Mike yes. Mitchell featured actor on Peacock's Killing It? <laughs> not that guy, no. <laughs> this is the director of... Uh, uh, <laughs> since you said the uh, Deuce Bigelow, Mel Gigolo, I want to balance out by saying that he also directed Sky High, which is pretty good. I like Sky mm-hmm. High. Mm. Uh, I've actually never seen it. I've heard good things about it. Jenny Slate's film debut is Chipwrecked, by the way. That's the other piece of trivia I have down is, here. That was back when she just played kind of like weirdos who would show up in things. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to— uh, and, and as opposed now uh, she she plays weirdos who are like have a larger roles in the yeah. movies. And, um, uh, and, uh, and continued David Cross's commitment to the Alvin and the Chipmunks franchise. Yeah. Yeah, he's quoted as saying this was like the worst experience in his career. And like on the one hand— that may be true, and, like, I sympathize that even within, like, a great career, you know, you can have painful things and people shouldn't, like, scoff at that. On the other hand, I'm like, yeah, but you're getting paid out of the chipmunks money. Like, what do you, what, what do you want? Like, you I'm know? Sure, I'm sure he gave the money back afterwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He said, I didn't enjoy this, and therefore I didn't give the performance the fans deserve, so I shouldn't. Yeah. I don't deserve to be paid for it. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's exactly right. I have not seen any of these Alvin and the Chipmunks movies. Have any of you seen... I, I haven't seen it. I assume it's, I mean, it basically is Triangle of Sadness, but with chipmunks. Yeah, I can. Well, now yeah. I want to see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have um, not seen them. I have to, but here's the thing, though. When a person gets shipwrecked on a on a deserted island, it's what, terrible. What, but wait, what happens when they get shipwrecked on a deserted yeah, island? Yeah, shipwrecked. <laughs> when they get shipwrecked, it's even worse. <laughs> oh, when, wow. when, when, out, when chipmunks get, get shipwrecked on an island, it doesn't bother me quite as much because they're already wild animals. I mean, there's yeah. just plenty of food and whatever. <laughs> right, sure. like, right, right, right. Well, I, these like, are domesticated yeah, chipmunks. Yeah. They're not That's able true. to they fend for themselves. Yeah. They do form a new societal structure <laughs> based on skill set, and it gets pretty brutal. <laughs> you, have to imagine, you have to imagine that half the movie is them trying to kill Theodore to appease their new god that, they, that they've invented on the island. And they've stolen Simon's glasses to light fires yeah. with and things they're like that. Argue, they're arguing over who gets to talk, who's holding the conch. Mm, yeah, right. and the conch is huge. None of them can hold it. They're chip yeah. <laughs> they, they can't hoist the pig head onto a, a stake because it's too big No, they live in it. It's a house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they live in a pighead house. So I just want to ask before we leave this topic Pighead behind. house sounds like a an Animal House ripoff from like the early to mm-hmm. mid-80s. Yeah, like, that's uh, true. Like that's the goes- Asylum Productions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it's, I, also, it's also a real good like Cookie Monster Metal album title. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking prog rock, but yeah. I've already got that one. Um, <laughs> I wanted to ask, so thinking about all these movies together, is is there something that makes something – a cruise ship is there, is there a cruise ship genre or is it merely a location? Are there elements that you think reoccur in these things? Well, usually, I mean, the canon mm-hmm. states that in order for it to fall within the genre, there has do to be. Cruise ships have cannons. <laughs> they do. Yes, the good ones do. <laughs> yeah, do. only the ones that don't want to be attacked pirates. by pirates. Yeah. <laughs> in order for it to be truly a proper cruise ship piece of entertainment, there has to be love. It has to be exciting and new. Yeah. Do they have to be expecting us? Well, yeah, you have to be expected. Uh, mm. and, and, it, and it's always making another run. Like, that's the thing. Like, every week they just turn over, no matter what fabulous stories have happened, <laughs> and no matter how many times Charo is aboard, <laughs> right, the next another week, run. 
another, another run, run coming down, down the pike. I wanna years see, ago, I wanna see we went on a cruise. Years ago, I went on a, on a princess cruise to Alaska, and they, there was a channel that just constantly played Love Boat episodes because yeah. I guess that's like a connection there. They have the the I want to see a Love Boat episode now where Charo is aboard, just like like there's an infestation. Like she's she's in the vent, she's in the ducks in the vents. They can't get her out. <laughs> she's in the tribbles of yeah. the Love Boat. <laughs> Char- the ship has charos. The, the passengers cannot know that we have charo on board. Like they cannot know. <laughs> they have to um, clean up her scat and things like that. You know, <laughs> she's getting into the pantry and chewing holes in in, a, in bags of flour and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Her yeah. saliva just melts through the metal hull. Oh yeah, oh, no. they follow it straight down deck after deck straight after down, deck. Straight down deck, yeah. deck, deck, deck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, run! What? Coochie, coochie! <laughs> I would argue. <laughs> I would argue, Dan, that the the that cruise ships are kind of a genre, but maybe more a family of related genres. It feels yeah. like there are comedy cruise ship movies, there are disaster cruise ship or, you know, like um, danger cruise ship movies, and there's romance cruise ship movies. And I feel like those are the three, in my mind, the three types of cruise ship movies. Either a cruise ship is a place where dangerous things will happen because you are far from land and far from help, or it is a place that exciting and funny or sexy things will happen similarly right. because you're in you're in the water away from land. The rules don't apply the same way. People are in close quarters. It's kind of similar to spaceship movies in a way. I I also think that, you know, trying to answer the question a little more seriously too, uh, like I class elements are often in cruise ship films. I mean, certainly uh, because, in the most famous cruise ship ever made movie that you didn't mention you, at all, Titanic. You mean which the is, Abyss? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cruise ship movie, The Abyss. They're the all working. The it's underwater not a cruise, cruise ship. ship. It's a working Ta- job. That's the, it's a working trip. Titanic, Triangle of Sad- Sadness. You know, I mean, like, I think it's interesting because, you know, in this modern world, like, cruise ships aren't, like, sort of the vastly unattainable vacation they once were. But, like, yeah. I think certainly... Uh, you know, like if you're talking about a high-end cruise or the, you know, like older films, yeah, well, a lot of these issues come up. There's certainly a luxury aspect to a lot of the classics, like, and, and especially with the romance-tinged uh, ones, like A Fair to Remember or Lady yeah. and such. There's a certain amount of time spent kind of um, expl- just letting the audience live the the dream of being on a on a fabulous show. Like um, Gen- Gentlemen Prefer Blondes has a bunch of cruise stuff, ship stuff on it too, right? Because there's that great moment when... Uh, I think it's on a cruise ship when they sit next to the the kid and he makes some comment and she goes, how old are you? And he goes, old enough to appreciate a beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> a funny line coming out of like an eight-year-old or something like that. <laughs> um, well, before we let you do some final plugs, I want to make a couple of plugs, which is that uh, for whatever reason, we're also doing <laughs> more boat content. Uh, in Shocktober, one of our movies is going to be uh, Jason Takes Manhattan, which is mostly actually a cruise ship movie. Yeah, mostly Jason movie. takes a boat on its way to Manhattan, yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know, one of our L.A. live shows is going to be about Speed 2, the misbegotten Speed sequel. Uh, so there's links on our show page for that. It can't be that misbegotten. Keanu Reeves came back for it, right? Uh, oh, let's do it. Oh, I've got some news for you. Oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Something, we got something just as good for you. <laughs> <laughs> Keanu Reeves was like, it's time for me to be a little selective in my career. I'm not doing Speed 2. What's this script? Johnny Mnemonic. Okay, I'll, I'll try it. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, before we go, would you like to 
do a more full plug for <laughs> a more formal plug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll start. Jonathan, jump in at whatever point you feel I'm doing it wrong. Okay. Uh, so, Joko Cruz is a stop. Week stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Go ahead. Go ahead. I don't want to now. Uh, no, it's a, no, go ahead. It's a week-long music and comedy and creativity-themed cruise. It's a lot of happy nerds on a boat. There's there's uh, music performances. Happy nerds? Happy nerds, yes. Not the, not the sad, angry incel type. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's music, there's comedy, there's podcasters, there's authors, there's uh, a whole bunch of self-run events, uh, everything from crafting to dance lessons to meetups in bars to compare uh, tattoos. See, there's tattoo nerds. There's lots of different types of nerddom, Dan. Mm -hmm. uh, in any case, it's it's These happening. Anyone the next one happens March 9th through 16th, 2024. Uh, it's, uh, it's a great time, and I'm not just saying that because I'm one of the people in charge of it and I have to go no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is a great time, and you 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 mentioned this a little bit. But one of my favorite aspects of it is the. It's a thing we call the Shadow Cruise, where we have enough programming. We have more programming than there are hours in the week. Just that's official programming, and then we give spaces over to the community who build their own stuff. And it's it's crazy. It's crazy to watch what they what they put together, and just very exciting. I've seen I've seen like uh, handbell choirs. And ad hoc acapella groups and knitting circles and uh, ad hoc Hamilton the musicals sing-alongs and it's just you you just walk down the walk down the hallways of the ship and uh, and overhear <laughs> all these things going on in all these rooms. It's just uh, how many hours, Paul? Was it? I think we did a calculation one year. How many hours of entertainment were there? On a, there on a were I. I uh, I don't remember which year this was. It was either this past year or the year before. Uh, we we had peaked at something like five hundred eighty something hours of actual programming, if you don't count things like you know lunch and dinner, uh, but of actual events of official events and shadow cruise events on board. Uh, I think it was. I think it was that high. It's a lot of stuff going on all over the ship, pretty much at all times, and also yeah, very few very few vampires though. Oh. No, well, and, not, and almost not no, zero. No, not zero. Not zero. Not zero. I mean, it's the Caribbean. You're going to run into a couple of vampires. Yeah, <laughs> but they're going to be those fun vampires. They're not. Yeah. They're not the dour Eastern European vampires. These are vampires no, no, who are no. not afraid to kick back, let loose. You know. Yeah, yeah. soaking some rays. Yeah, combust. They're, they're Jewish <laughs> Jewish grandpa vampires. These are Jewish yeah, grandpa kind of vampires. Jewish grandpires. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I mean, which literally is, I guess, Grandpa Al Lewis from the Munsters. Yeah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> We've reinvented the wheel. Um, well, <laughs> I'd like to thank you guys for being here. Uh, thank you, Paul. Thank you, Jonathan. Uh, our our pals from songs. Um, <laughs> and, yes. and boats. And many more songs to come. Yeah. And many more boats uh, to come, I hope. And yeah. many yeah. more boats. Yes, indeed. And uh, for the fun. What, uh, what, what an amazing scoop that would have been if, if Jonathan would be like, I'm retiring yeah. from songs. I'm announcing Actually. it now. <laughs> Thanks to our producer, Alex Smith. You can find him under the name Howell Dottie uh, online. Uh, thanks to our network, Maximum Fun. Check out their other great shows. But for The Flop House, I have been Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. I'm Elliot Kalin, and we've been joined by... I'm Jonathan Paul Colton. 
Ah, oh, we screwed it damn up. Damn it. <laughs> they fin- they're we're so not, close, we're, they finish each other's name sentences. We're not we're not part of the well-oiled machine that is the flop house. <laughs> that's right, that's right. The, er- the error-free extravaganza. <laughs> I was expecting a bird, but instead he gave us a really nice compliment. <laughs> Thank you, Thank you Paul. <laughs> In any event, uh, I, I'm still Paul Saboran. And Bye. I'm still Jonathan Colton. Oh, <laughs> I ruined it again. Well-oiled. Wellest oiled machine. <laughs> Stuck the landing. Sign- yeah. Signing off. Oil can. Bye. Bye. Maximum Fun. A worker-owned network. Of artist-owned shows. Supported directly by you.